Okay, we're back, and we're talking today about we should fear God, not man. It's been kind of a interesting first part to our program, and um, want to go back and just kind of hit this a little bit, and then we have some scriptures for you. You know, Jesus, Jesus bucked religion. <laughs> he bucked the system of the religious system of his day. I mean, all you have to do is read the Gospels. Jesus, Jesus was pretty strong and direct with these religious leaders. Those are the only ones he had a rebuke for. All, he loved the prostitutes, he's the only one the tax he, that, collectors. He's the only one he, that, yeah. that he called hypocrites, yeah. whitewashed sepulchers, yeah. snakes, yeah. snakes, yeah. brood of vipers. Yeah. I mean, he was direct. He didn't mince words when it came to man-made religion. And I think we're living in a time now where we the are. Lord is exposing we are. man-made religions. We are. Our I message mean, sounds at, a little radical, but... You know, you, you look at some of these so-called superstar pastors out there that, uh, yeah, I'm not saying that everything they do is wrong, but I'm telling you, it's, it, it's all about, look at me. And I mean, I, again, I, I don't want to step on toes, but I think it's, I think we all would agree that uh, I don't necessarily think that uh, in God's kingdom there are superstars. There's one. There's well, Jesus, <laughs> but there's a bunch of no names like Jim and I. <laughs> you know, seriously, the kingdom of God in, in Romans eight nineteen says that that He's going to reveal the sons of God, and I, we're in that hour right now where the sons of God are being revealed. And they're no-name people. I mean, some of the people that I get the most out of on YouTube or podcasts or whatever are people that I'd never heard of. Yeah, me too. And they they have brought some of the most yeah. wonderful truths mm -hmm. that has really expanded my relationship with the Lord mm -hmm. that, you know, I'm not even giving their names because they don't, they're, they're humble people that don't want to draw attention to themselves. I mean, Paul wrote two-thirds of the, the New Testament, and he did miraculous things that none of us have even seen. He was killed, basically, and raised from the dead outside of the city gates. More than once, actually. More than once. And he even said, you know, they were, they, he would go into a place and they would say, oh, God has shown up, like, you know. Mm -hmm. And he said, no, no, don't look at me as anything other mm -hmm. than mm -hmm. a messenger of God. Mm -hmm. That's all he wanted to be known for. He could have put, well, I mean, look at some of the other folks in the Bible that put themselves on a pedestal. He did not. He was a humble man, and he said, you know, all the stuff I did before Jesus is done. Is garbage, is garbage. All the always religious all acts. The, the the sacred rites and rituals and all that had nothing to do with me having a relationship with the Lord. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. So so you know Jesus bucked the system. He said, uh, you know this. Well, look at the upchange, upturning the money changers. This is not a temple of thieves, a den of thieves. 
this is my father's house. Mm-hmm. And that's where he's at now. The judgment has begun. At yes. The of God and it that's, says that's, it's going to happen first yeah, with this body of at. Christ. And it's good, though. It's good. It's not, no. it's not the judgment that man thinks of. Right, right. It's a judgment of revelation. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a judgment of knowing who you are, in really. Yeah, right. Knowing your true identity in Christ and it's it's wonderful. That judgment is wonderful. It's a righteous judgment. Yeah, Isaiah even said that when the judgments of God are in the earth, talking about the New Testament, saying our earth, uh, then they'll learn righteousness. You know, the kingdom of God, like the song we start out with in our program, is the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. And so when the judgments of God come into your house, praise God for it, because yeah. it's all about making you a more righteous vessel, right. which is going to bring you into a closer oneness with God. And that's what this salvation is all about, is becoming one again with our God, because he knew us before the foundation of the world. Uh, Psalm 139 says that... All of our works were written. All of our works was written in His book before any of them had come to pass. That's right. So you know the Father knows the beginning from the end, uh, which makes me question if He knows the beginning from the end. Why isn't everybody on their way to heaven? Because God is a loving God, and I just yeah. don't see Him losing anybody. I'm going to read this, Jim, and. Um I'm going to tell you a little story first. Uh, When I was a baby Christian, I would say maybe a year, year and a half into my walk, this is 35 years ago, um, I came back from church, and I was laying on the couch watching a ball game, and I fell into a deep, deep sleep. And all of a sudden, the Lord woke me up to the point, I mean, I'd never experienced this before, but he woke me up to the point where I stood to my feet instantly, stood right in the living room to my feet, because I was, I'd never heard the voice of the Lord as loudly as I did that time. And what he said was very profound, and that was, I want you to be like I was in Luke 15. And I said, Lord, I'm sorry, I don't know what Luke 15 is all about. He said, well, go read. And so I'm going to read you exactly what Jesus told me that day. And I want you to sit there and say to yourself, could this be happening today in the body of Christ? Because I was very judgmental. It was like, if you didn't believe the way I believed then I didn't want to associate with you. And if you didn't if you didn't associate with the right people, then, you know, God was disappointed in you. Or you might even go to hell. Or, or well <laughs> yeah. I didn't feel that way, but well, some uh, religions do I'm, though. I'm sure. I've had some of them tell me that. They were but, of different faiths. But my point was I was very judgmental. And I tell you what, this cured me and thank God he did this 33 years ago or however long it was because I I do look at people differently now and it's because he got my attention so I'm going to read this to you it's a little lengthy but I'm telling you it's a great story Luke Luke 15 uh, verse 1 says the tax collectors who were despised because they worked with the Roman rulers and were notorious for corruption and extortion that's not a good dude, is it? Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously. 
He goes on to say, and sinners all came and, and would draw near to listen to Jesus. How powerful is that? I mean, listen to what happens next. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, the scribes, began to complain, murmur, and grumble. Look at this man. Welcomes sinners and even eats with them. He associates with them. Basically, what they were thinking is he's indicating social acceptance. See the judgment here? Sure. Then Jesus told them this parable, this story. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep, but loses one of them. Then he will leave the other 99 sheep in the open field and go out and look for that lost sheep until he finds it. And when he finds it, he happily, joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. He calls together his friends and neighbors and says, Be happy, rejoice with me, because I've found my lost sheep. In the same way, I tell you, there is more joy in heaven over one sinner who changes his heart and life than over 99 good, righteous, self-righteous people who don't need to change. If Jesus was walking on the earth today and he did this, would you have some churches, some leaders say the same thing that the scribes and Pharisees said to Jesus 2,000 years ago? That's, that's a sobering thought. We can't judge people, folks. We're all part of the same family. And maybe you don't approve of what your brother or sister does in your family, but you love them, and you have to keep loving them. And don't let anything get in that way. But, yeah, this story, it's like he left the 99 for that one. You may be that one listening today. He's coming for you right now and symbolically putting you on his shoulders, which is a loving, caring thing and bringing you into the fold into oneness with him and which is oneness with him but anyway it's it just comes down to this you it's easy to judge people but it's not good yeah as a matter of fact rich when we do feel judgment um it's the judgment that we've brought upon ourselves. Uh, God judged us one time 2,000 years ago at Calvary, and the judgment was dealt with. And the verdict was not guilty. Right, right. So as we continue to judge and violate Father's laws, um, the judgment, he says, if you continue to judge, then you, in turn, will judge, be judging yourself. That's right. So 
when you feel judged or criticized inside, it's because you have been judging and criticizing somebody else. And it's like a boomerang. The Lord gave me a poem, which I won't read, but he said, words are like boomerangs. When you judge, that judgment will go out and come right back around on you, and it will judge you, okay? Mm -hmm. Because... I don't know if you've stopped and thought about this, but the majority of times when you're judging somebody for something, if you would simply look at yourself, you would find out that chances are you're probably guilty of the very same thing, you know? Been there. Yeah, yeah, amen. So, Rich, you made a, you, you quoted a line out of Scripture that is in this poem right Oh, here. really? So okay, cool. I, I'll just read this poem. Yeah. Um, the, the Lord spoke a poem to me you know, a few weeks back, and he says, I am the breath of life. And I am coming down from heaven to help my people to discard all their religious leaven. Hmm. For I am calling them all up to a place that they've not known. It is the place where my unconditional love will soon be shown. A love that knows nothing about death. A love that's only full of my breath. A breath of life. My breath of life was fully shown as my prophets breathe on the pile of dead bones. Now again I am coming back to show man my ways, for many have stumbled and have gone astray. Does not my word say that I would leave the ninety-nine to go fetch the one? For there never will be complete victory until all that is done. Amen. Very well put, Lord. Thank you. Psalms 11 or 111.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If I ask this question, there won't be one hand left down, and that's raise your hand if you need God's wisdom on a daily basis. I don't think anybody would keep their hand down. So if we need wisdom, we have to first put Lord the Lord first in our lives. He has to be the most important thing in our lives. It goes on to say, A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. So this this was in the Old Testament. So this was part of the law. But it applies today, Jim. What are his commandments? He has two. Not 614 like the The Mosaic Law. It's not just the Ten Commandments, folks. (laughs) It took them 600 and some uh, more commandments just to explain the Ten Commandments. Well, you know, Rich, just a second to break in there. When you stop and look at some of the modern churches, they've got a list of about 100 themselves. (laughs) Some of them if put them on the wall. This, yeah, if you don't do this, if you don't do that, if you don't conform to this, if you, blah, 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 blah. You know, yeah. so there's still a lot of man-made do-it-yourself. In other words, you can do your own salvation if you adhere to this list that we're telling you. And the Lord says, no, you can't. Your salvation has already been done for you, and that's the word of wisdom I'm trying to get to you. Yeah. You're already free in Christ. Amen. So what are, it says right here, we can apply this to the New Testament. It says, a good understanding have all they that do his commandments. What's his commandments? It's simple. Love. (laughs) I mean, seriously. Love the Lord thy God. Love the Lord and love your neighbor as yourself. That is it. He says, if you do that, you've covered 614 
commandments of the law so you don't even have to even know what they are. He made it so easy, Jim. And we, religion, especially man-made religion, makes it so complicated, you know, with fear and control. And that's not God. Well, he said, come as a little child, for such is of the kingdom of God. Now, if you tell a child to come, you're not going to give him a list of 50 things he has to do. It's too complicated for a child. Well, my dad gave me a list of this. <laughs> Mow the grass, <laughs> wash the cars. Your dad must have known my dad. Yeah. <laughs> well, they did work together for 40 they years. They did. Isn't that yeah, amazing? A, yeah. But no, he said, come as a child. You know, just come humbly, come trusting. And believe. That's all. That's all that the Lord is asking of you. He doesn't command that you go to church three times a week. Uh, you know, he, he doesn't give you this list of do's and don'ts. Uh, that's that's a do-it-yourself religion that we have out there. You know, if you adhere to these rules and tithing and this, that, and the other thing, then you're going to be in good with God. You'll be accepted with God. But you're already accepted with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, we're talking about fear God, not man. And this proverb in second proverb, second chapter, verse four and five and six says, if you seek skillfully and God and godly wisdom as you would silver and search for her as you would hidden treasures. There's a poem there somewhere, Jim. Then you will understand the reverent fear of the Lord. What, what, so, okay, how do I understand the reverent fear of the Lord? I skillfully seek Him and His godly wisdom. Two things, that's all. Keep if you simple. seek Him, you're going to get the wisdom. Absolutely. Yeah, it, the Bible says if you need wisdom, ask for it, and He will give you liberally. Right. He will right. give it to you liberally. But it says, then you will understand the reverent fear of the Lord. And then in parentheses, it says that is worshiping him and regarding him as truly awesome. Yeah, and that's the fear Ooh, of the Lord. That just brought chills right yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. It goes on to say, you not only get, see, there's all these benefits, folks, of what we're talking about. You, the next benefit says, and discover, and you will discover the knowledge of God. So many people out there know of God. Yeah, big point. I was one of them. Big point. If you'd asked me, do you believe in God when I was in college acting a fool? I would have said, yeah, I believe in God. Did I know God? You were saved. No, but I did you, not yeah. know God. I did not know him. So you will discover the knowledge of God if you skillfully, I like that word skillfully. I'm going to have to look into that. Uh, you know, seek him. Then verse 6 says, For the Lord gives skillful and godly wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. It's the whole package right there in those three verses. From his mouth. From his mouth. Amen. And that's, this is from David. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you want to sit there and look at performance, David's performance wasn't always the best. No. But God still called him a man after his own heart. God loved David. He loves you. Yeah. And all you have to do is skillfully seek him. Yeah. Isaiah 11.1 1 says, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. We know that's Jesus. And a branch shall grow out of his roots. 
And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding and the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, the seven spirits of God. They rest on you. You may not know it, but they're there. But as you seek him skillfully and you continue to want a relationship, an intimate relationship with him, guess what? You're going to realize all of these seven things that the Holy Spirit brings to you. Verse uh, 3 says, and, and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. You got to want it, folks. And he shall not judge after the sight of the eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. He's not out there to, to smack you down when you do something wrong. That's, that's not God. That's man's gospel. That's man's gospel, that's and that's, gospel. you know, man-made yeah. religion that, yeah. you know. Fear, fear, fear. Yeah. And again, so many people that are, are, are ex- exposing or espousing this belief, they're doing it sincerely. That's what they were taught. And so if, you know, my great-grandfather was this, my grandfather was this, my father was this, and so am I by God. We're just saying break out of that shell. It's, it's time to get free from that. It's time to come alive in the Spirit. If your beliefs have not changed at all in 30, 20, 10 years, it's time to, to stop the world and get before the Lord and have him do some, some inner workings in you. Yeah, because the cloud's always moving. The cloud is always moving. And it's moving big time right now. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It's moving, and there's fresh manna every day, and God really does not want you chewing on manna from 10 years ago because there's no life in it. If anything, it, it just makes you sick well, what happened to the manna if they didn't eat it that day? Yeah. It got right. worms in it. It got spoiled. Right. And guess what happens to your spirit when you eat the same old manna for the last 20, 30 years, the same old doctrines, the same old preaching, and you're sitting there and you're hearing our voice and you know what we're saying is the truth because you've been going to a church for 20 years and the reason why you go there is you don't even know why you go there because when you do go there, you're bored, it's lifeless, and you're saying there's got to be more, Lord, and that's the message of this hour. Jesus is crying out and saying there is more this is the midnight cry. The Lord gave me a poem here. Can I read it? Yeah, we got time for that, and we're, okay. we'll close with that. Yeah, the Lord gave me a poem here just recently, and it's called The Midnight Cry. Uh, and it, it's, you know, at midnight, Paul and Silas, they prayed. They were in prison, and they cried out to God at midnight. And God is saying to his people right now, this is the midnight hour. There is great changes that are now taking place in the earth, and they're going to continue to change. And so the Lord is saying, I need for you to cry out to know me in a more intimate way so I can lead you and guide you. And the poem that the Lord gave me was, do you hear the midnight cry? Has he opened up your eye? Have you set your heart on him so he can come and you can sup with him? 
He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. I am here to encourage you to check the clock. For can't you discern this is the midnight hour, a time to focus on the Lord to receive his power, a power to lift you up on high, a power to open up your eye to a place of peace and rest, a place to receive the Father's best. So stay the course, my precious ones, so at my coming you can be found in the glorious one, to be seated at my side and forever to abide. Beautiful. Well, God loves you. We love you. And please keep listening. I I really feel that there's going to be something there for you. It's all about you. It's not about us. The Lord wants us to reach you. We have not received one dime for what we do, Jim, have we? Not a dime. We don't want any money. That's not our purpose. We we don't want a dime. God's blessed us. God has blessed us. We are living a good life, and we're not asking for any money from anybody because all we want to do is just keep sharing. So keep listening. We love you, and uh, we'll see you next time.